0: Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is transforming the way B2B companies go to market by enabling customers to embrace modern digital sales and marketing with a complete end-to-end suite of products. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunnyside Up. I am your host, Adam Perry. Today, I'm really excited to talk to Mike Herrick. He's going to tell us a little bit about a, a common trap that companies fall into, building feature after feature, trying to fight the right audience, and it doesn't really move the needle. As a, by way of introduction, Mike, you are the SVP of technology at Airship, and you're responsible for discovering, developing, and operating, and sustaining all of Airship's products. Did I get that right? Yep, that's right. All right. Excellent. He joined all the way back in 2010. Prior to Airship, you were the VP of products for the Collaborative Software Initiative. In that role, you were also responsible for product development, technical support, hosted systems. Wow, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> you also hold a BS in management information systems from the University of Dayton.
1: Yep. Yep. That's right. Dayton flyers.
0: <laughs> All right. So so Mike, listen, break it down for me. We're in the tech space. There's a lot of us struggling for relevancy. Airship it came to like a certain inflection point. Can you can you give us a little bit of detail on what was going on at that time?
1: Yeah. So Airship started when push notifications got introduced by Apple and really made a, a name for ourselves quickly. As the company grew, and I think this happens to lots of software companies, we, we felt ourselves getting pulled into broader direction. And in some some cases, that was a good thing, but it gets pretty hard to manage because you can kind of get spread too thin. And if you're not careful, you won't really stand for anything and won't be good at anything. You'll just be kind of okay at lots of things. And so as as we We've grown, we've really had to decide, hey, what do we wanna be best at?
0: Let me ask you this, Mike. So it sounds like part of the problem was you got a little bit popular early, got some good customers, they had a bunch of feature requests and you're like, of course we're gonna build those features. Was there something that you noticed that like clued you into that that this was starting to happen, like that you were getting like sort of locked into just regular old feature requests?
1: Yeah, I think we started, it started to dawn on us that it was happening when, you know, we do kind of like quarterly or annual roadmap planning, you know, strategy sessions and too many of the things that we were setting out to do were, you know, kind of catch up items or You know, what Jeffrey Moore talks about is context. You know, he talks a lot about context versus core. And it happens to every company as you get customers, which you need to survive, obviously. Yeah. You know, you get pulled into a lot of these kind of keeping the lights on, you know, just keeping up activities. And if you're not careful, they'll just, that's all you'll do all day. And before you know it, you won't have any competitive differentiation in the market.
0: So were you and the other execs nervous a little bit about churning some of these high value logos that you had already won?
1: Yeah, certainly for every SaaS company, you know, there's always there's always churn, but there's you know metrics that you really want to hit. You know, ideally, you want to have negative net churn. You know, the best SaaS companies, you know, have upwards of 120 percent in terms of net churn. So, yeah, cer- certainly churn. There's a lot of, you know, we're in a competitive, valuable market. So there's a lot of noise in the market. You can find yourself kind of just trying to do everything that your competitors are doing. And obviously you need to do, need to keep an eye on your competitors. But if, if you don't have a strong point of view on what you want to be best at, you know, you can just really just have a, a roadmap that is simply just kind of like plodding along, you know, becoming a, a bit of a feature factory and, you know, I, I like to joke with my team like, hey, it can be even worse than being a feature factory. There's lots of software companies that you know forget how to ship software at all. But <laughs> these market, these SaaS markets are so competitive now that, you know, that's not enough. <laughs> Shipping software is not nearly enough.
0: Yeah, I'm interested in getting your thoughts on analysts either helping or maybe or even contributing to the problem because they're going to try and put you in a box, right? Right. Is that happening for yeah. you guys?
1: I think a little bit. I've definitely had that cross my mind because analysts like you said, they they have a point of view. I find them very smart, but you know, they're also covering often one analyst will be kind of covering a couple different categories and so they're trying to tease out, hey, how are these different markets going to converge over time? And so that that definitely is a contributing factor, I think that cuz you know, particularly for companies that are selling into the enter- enterprise segment, you know, you really want to rate well there. And Airship certainly has has done that. But yeah, to your point, I think they're looking at these kind of dynamics between markets kind of drive. They're a factor in kind of driving to kind of broaden versus really focus on you know being truly great at, at certain things. So I think it's natural. You just got to kind of manage
0: that. Okay. So we decide we got to make a big change at Airship. We're trying to figure out which corner of the room we can own. Walk me through a little bit about, you know, how you guys went about actually making that decision of what, you know, what specific thing that you guys were going to own a hundred percent.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, just like anything, it wasn't, it wasn't one thing, but the thing that comes to mind is there's this book that I think a lot of the listeners have read or certainly have heard of called Good to Great. And there's this concept in that book called a hedgehog. And it's a really simple but powerful concept in that you need to identify hey what what is this company passionate about you know truly passionate about and what do you believe that you can truly be the best in the world at and then third you know how do you make that economically viable you know what are the kind of billable units of something like that what's that market look like and so about a year ago we started talking about that on our executive team and you know had a series of pretty intensive conversations on that topic. I like Jeffrey Moore has talks about this challenge. Like very often, you know, people don't want to talk about strategy at this level. And he talks about because you know it might be egos or Probably it's more, you know, people want to kind of hang on to the nuances of their dream. And if you really have to put pen to paper and agree to this stuff, that kind of goes away. And so we we fought through all of those tensions. And so that was a really useful exercise for us to go through. It doesn't just by agreeing to that, it doesn't solve anything by itself. But I think it's a really useful place to start for any company that's kind of struggling with these same types of dynamics in their market.
0: Yeah. There's a great meme floating around the internets right now and it's from Amazon and they bought a billboard that said something along the lines of like, we started with selling DVDs. Yeah. Right. right. Which, you know, okay. So maybe someone says, oh, well, the pivot from DVDs to streaming media isn't that significant a pivot. Right. But I think that model, especially at that time where streaming first was like, wait, what? Don't people want to own physical media? Right. was pretty, very big risk. Very yeah, big risk. Absolutely. Yeah. So so there you guys are making that, you know, having to make a similar decision. Okay, so now we're on the other side of it. Do you want to talk a little bit about the corner of room? Like as we stand today, tell me the corner of room that Airship owns.
1: Yeah. So as I told you, we started out with push notifications years ago. We send billions of those a day for billions of active users. So it's still, you know, even though we started out doing that over 10 years ago, it's still an important part of our business. But as our business has evolved, you know, we got into other forms of engagement inside of apps, we expanded into mobile wallet, email, SMS, all of those things are important to us. But as we were discussing, hey, what can we truly be best at? And what are we really passionate about? It came back surprisingly to our roots, not push notifications specifically, but mobile apps. Mobile apps continue to grow by leaps and bounds. They continue to become more strategic to our customers. You know, They're doing more and more commerce through their app. It's a key way to reach their most loyal customers, and we, we're exceptionally good at it. We employ engineers that know more about mobile platforms probably than most companies in the world. You know, we deal with tremendous scale because we've been doing that for a decade. And so for us, that was the easiest question to answer is like, hey, we're most passionate about mobile apps. And we really think that we can be best at helping marketers create really compelling experiences inside of their apps and leveraging the insights that they get back from those experiences to more quickly grow their businesses. So we came to that and wanted to move away from this kind of like becoming this kind of generic yet another kind of marketing platform that is trying to do it all and not doing all the things well. And so when we think about email and we think of SMS and mobile wallets, those are kind of retargeting channels for us. And really, we're really trying to bring leverage those important ways to reach people, but we're bringing them back into the app because that's the most strategic asset. And that's how our customers you know, think of Airship and that's that's where they want us to That's focus. the center of the universe. So that, Got it. Yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the yeah. container as we've talked about it Like that's our the airship container for where we kind of want to focus
0: yeah i think it's really interesting you and i were talking and for a while it wasn't clear that apps was going to be the vehicle right through you know through mobile devices like people like oh why can't we just make all our websites mobile friendly like do we really need apps and now it's kind of come full circle we're back hot and heavy and i don't see apps being displaced ever And certainly we're, you know, we're living in a mobile first world. So good to see that you're at the center of the universe. Okay. Now this part, I definitely want to make sure you get this message out there because this blew my mind a little bit. And I've been in tech for a long time. You're coming out with some new stuff. You know, can you tease us a little bit here and and let us know about it? And if we want to know more, let us know like how to engage with, with Airship if we do want to know more. Yeah,
1: sure. So I can give you a high level. We've actually got our customer event coming up it's october 27th and 28th depending on what time zone you're in it's a global online event and you can sign up at elevate.airship.com so we'll be going into kind of a deep dive on this but i think i kind of described what we're most passionate about and what we think we can be best at and so the things that we'll be talking about there are some things that just haven't been done Done yet. Wait,
0: never have not been done inside of apps at all? Yeah. Like this is just new stuff. Apps couldn't do it before. Once this goes live, now they can.
1: Correct. I mean, the, the types of things that we'll be announcing is certainly some apps have built versions of those. We're productizing some things that are just critical to be successful with your app and it'll be... Concrete examples of what I'm talking about. And it goes back to those decisions a year ago about, hey, we think we can be best at this. You know, what are the problems that our customers are having and how can Airship solve those in a way that it will make it really easy for our customers to take advantage of those? So yeah, we're really, we're really excited about all this.
0: All right. So got we got a lot of executive listeners who listen to the pod. Mm-hmm. This is for companies of all sizes, elevate yeah. airship.com.
1: Absolutely. Like airship has customers in the enterprise space, but also you can sign up online for Airship. So we've got customers of all all shapes and sizes all over the world. And are you gonna be
0: a speaker there as well?
1: Yeah, I will be. We're actually, as you can imagine, doing a lot of prep work right now for the event, and I'm creating a lot of content right now, and I'll absolutely be a speaker at the event. And we also have speakers from our customers. We've got Internet Luminary, Benedict Evans, Many people who are listening will have heard of him. He'll be at the event giving a keynote presentation, which we're really excited about.
0: Yeah, that's cool. If I, a simple podcast host, wanted to attend, I could just go to this website and sign up. And you no know, capacity limitations or anything like that. As many because it's virtual.
1: Yeah, no, no capacity limits. It's totally free. So yeah, we'll, there'll be over a thousand people there, wow. perhaps. Okay. It'll be a great event. It'll be very educational. I think if, if you're interested in mobile and you either are or anticipate reaching your customers through mobile experience, you'll you'll absolutely walk away from the event and learn something. And who knows, maybe you'll want to become an Airship customer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, you said you said something that always tickles my fancy, and it's it's about learning, but it's also in the way like executives often have great like mental framing and mental models. And I've never met an executive who couldn't recommend like a really good book for me to read. Mm-hmm. So if I'm trying to think about and formulate ideas like this, you already mentioned one book, but you mentioned another book briefly, and I want to make sure our audience gets to hear about it. Yeah, Can you tell me a little bit more about the book you and I had sort of batted around?
1: Yeah, sure. The most recent book that I would definitely recommend to anybody in the software space is Marty Kagan wrote this book that came out at the beginning of the year called empowered. It's kind of the the second book in a series. The first was called inspired inspired was all about building products. People love and empowered is about building exceptional products with ordinary people. And it's all about, you know, an approach that airship definitely believes in kind of goes to our kind of core value around collaboration and, you know, really all of our values, but it's a great book talking about, you know, how to build empowered software product teams and software product teams are cross functional. They've got product manager, designer, engineering leader, and then, you know, other members of the team, but empowered is all about bringing those different disciplines together and creating a culture that's truly empowered. And the part that I like best about it, I mean, we, We've got exceptional people, but I, I really think there's something powerful in that that line of, you know, building exceptional products with ordinary people, because, you know, at the end of the day, we're we're all ordinary people. <laughs> you know you can't... But I found it incredibly useful, and I think a lot of listeners will, too.
0: It resonated with me in an era where some people are quick to talk about, oh, we have 10X developers or 10X marketers. Right. I mean, I just don't think it's a realistic expectation to think that you're going to scale your business, you know, full of 10X whomevers. Right. The idea that with the, you know, with the right thinking that you can, you know, build something truly beautiful with folks who are smart, but like regular folks. Everyone wants to be Steve Jobs, but let's face it, very few people are Steve Jobs. And I want to be able to make amazing things. We all have this love of beautiful things. Right. If every company could be passionate and create something beautiful, well that's a way for us to, you know, not just serve the market really well, but to also feel great like, hey, I contributed to this thing and it's it's amazing and beautiful and and everyone loves it.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I think a key thing and both inspired and empowered, you know, they, they talk about these different disciplines. It's not just like this old school world where a product manager writes marketing requirements document and then magic happens a year later. Like that world is way gone. And it's, you know, it's all about eliminating handoffs and really bringing these key disciplines of product design and engineering together and collaboratively working directly with customers to discover what are their unmet needs and iteratively, you know, delivering on those. And, you know, that's how you create winning products. There aren't often these days home runs that kind of come out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you a true story. (laughs) So I'm working for a company and we're building out a mobile app and all the feedback we were getting internally was we love the thing, you know, they're looking at the functional design specs or we would do a pre-canned demo and everyone liked what they saw. But I wanted to get a sense of like, okay, how are people really going to use this thing? So we ran out into the street and we, you know, had our mobile app and we had our like little camera and we like, will you be willing to spend, you know, 10 minutes using this mobile app to perform a task? And then we recorded their hand movements Mm -hmm. on the actual app. And then like whenever we saw this or frustration or tap like that's what we honed in on, right? To show that like for all the great positive feedback, there were still areas of the app that were Frustrating, and that's where the rubber hits the road. And we we're able to, you know, hone in on those things and make changes and ultimately deliver a much better experience. But it goes to show you that that's what's necessary to bring like a good experience to market today. You gotta, you gotta actually have that kind of immersive, customer first approach.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. You gotta identify what your desired outcome is. You gotta track it, and you know, most importantly, you know, that's hard enough. But the hardest part is like okay, this is what the data is like, what does it say? What are we gonna do about it to move the needle? It's a lot easier said than done, but you gotta keep wrestling with that and trying to find the answer because it's there. You just gotta keep keep going.
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like you guys went through your, your struggles, came out great on the other side of it. Really looking forward to this event. And Mike, I definitely want to thank you for being a part of this podcast today. Great to hear about Airship. And I really appreciate your feedback and insight. I know a lot of executives are trying to figure out how to be relevant in the world of tech. And you did a great job of talking through, you know, how it's done. It's not always smooth sailing. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no problem, Adam. I
0: enjoyed it. All right. Well, that's the end of our episode today. Thanks, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us, and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand-Based TV.